guys, Paulie Malinaji here for Paulie TV. You know what? Again, I like these. Sometimes I like to have these discussions where random things just pop into my mind that I think maybe you guys would want to listen to, talk about, discuss, and that creates topics of, of, of conversation, even among you guys in the comments section. Um, today's discussion, best fight I've ever watched. Now, I've seen a lot of fights. Some of you guys on this uh, on this channel probably have seen a lot of fights too. Uh, you know, if your odds are, if you're subscribed to this channel, you're a big boxing fan and you like your boxing and you like your good fights and you can, more, more importantly than that, you recognize uh, what a good fight is. Um, for me, listen, there's a lot of things that come to mind right off the top of my head, right? You got uh, Corrales uh, Castillo, right? That's an amazing fight. That's a top fight. That's a terrific fight. It's not my favorite fight that I've ever watched, but it is among the most terrific fights I've watched. Obviously, the Arturo Gatti trilogy with, with, uh, with well, wow, I'm saying all the opponents except the right one. The trilogy with Mickey Ward, but you've also got his opponents like Gabriel Ruelas and Wilson Rodriguez. Terrific Arturo Gatti fights. You've got, right off the jump, five possible Arturo Gatti fights, which might be your favorite. Um, Arturo Gatti was actually my favorite fighter, but these also... Not, it was not one of his fights that is my favorite boxing match of all time. You might go, we might go back to some old throwbacks, man. You know, so if you, some of you know some old throwbacks, some of you's uh, uh, historians, you know, we might have uh, Lyle and Foreman. I mean, that was a terrific fight, or Foreman and Lyle, should I say, because Foreman wins the fight. That is a terrific knock him down, drag him out kind of fight. It's a real, real uh, barn burner, you know, a real, real fight. Uh, if you guys, if you haven't watched that one, def check it, check it out for all you newcomers and all you younger fans. Former versus Lyle, one of the best fights you'll watch. Uh, you can probably find it up up, up on YouTube. Um, the War, Hagler Hearns needs no introduction. That's what they call it, the War, and it ends up being a war. Uh, another terrific fight, might be the best fight you ever watched. Maybe some of us, some of the older fans, again, because that was uh in the mid '80s, uh, a terrific fight. And if you haven't watched that, definitely go check that one out as well for you, for you younger fans. You know, you can probably go into a, a, a rabbit hole if you end up going on YouTube and start to search some of these top, top fights. Because, you know, sometimes you go on YouTube and you still make one search and then underneath it you'll have something similar to it. And you might wind up going down a rabbit hole of, of terrific, terrific fights. Some of them might not even be coming up uh, off the top of my head. I know there's uh, Dwight Muhammad Kawi uh, and, uh, and Holyfield. That was a really good fight. Um, uh, Matthew Saad Mohammed, uh, uh, I, I know uh, he was in some some really uh, 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 exciting fights in the 80s as well. Again, this is before my time, but um, I've seen some of these guys in, in old videos. Terrific, terrific fights. Really, really uh, barn burner type fights. Really knock them out, drag out kind of fights. Another one that comes to my mind, uh, Tyson Holyfield won. Really, really good fight for me. You know what I mean? Uh, not the bite fight. That was the rematch. Uh, but Tyson versus Holyfield won. Really good fight for me. Um, uh, the Holyfield gets the win at the end, but for me it was uh, the, I, iconic as far as the build-up to it. And uh, um, I guess you never get the same experience uh, going into the fight as you do when you look back at it because you already know the result. But nonetheless, I think that's a terrific fight. Another fight that comes to mind, the Thriller Manila, Ali Frazier. Thriller Manila, another terrific fight that probably a lot of the old-timers may, may consider that to be their best, their favorite fight and their, their most exciting fight they've watched. The first Ali Frazier fight as well, terrific fight. Uh, so there's, there's fights that really uh, end up, you know, getting your attention. There's probably older fights than that. You know, I'm not as far as a historian as far as going back that far, but you've got, you know, the Graziano-Zale rivalry that had, gave us some terrific fights as well. Uh, you've got you know, exciting exciting fights. Listen, they're, uh, they're, they're not a dime a dozen, but you've got plenty of them if you go back far enough in boxing history. Michael Carvajal, Chiquita Gonzalez uh, also had some terrific fights. But my favorite fight, I can keep going on and on, but I'm going to get to my favorite fight. My favorite fight ever is the first Julio Cesar Chavez-Meldra Taylor fight. It's heartbreaking to me. 
every time I watch it, I'm rooting for Meldrick Taylor, who was one of my favorite fighters uh, when I was younger. Uh, obviously, speed fighters, uh, slick fighters are my favorites. Meldrick may not have been a slick because he had too much Philadelphia heart in him, but he was uh, certainly a speedy fighter who knew how to use that athleticism to his advantage. Um, going into the fight, uh, I really felt that uh, Meldrick had the stuff to put the first L on, on Chavez's record. Uh, and honestly, every, even now, man, it's like if I anytime I watch that fight, even now, I still some a piece of me is still rooting for Meldrick. You know, uh, there's always always going to be a topic of discussion of whether the fight should have been stopped or not. Uh, I actually was having this fight, this fight, not this fight, but this uh, debate uh, over at the Hall of Fame this weekend with one of the fans, you know. Um, and he said, oh, you know what? You made a good comment that you thought the fight should have been stopped. And I was like, no, man, I never said the fight should have been stopped. I said Richard Steele should have been turning around during the count, seeing Chavez not in a neutral corner. And in the time it would have took him to send Chavez to the neutral corner and then eyeball him all the way to the neutral corner while Chavez gets there. That's going to wait two, three seconds because you do not resume the count until not only until you tell Chavez to go to the neutral corner, but until he's actually standing in the neutral corner. So he's got to walk across the ring and then you can resume the count. If you resume the count at that point the the bell is going to ring the fight is over Meldrick Taylor is going to win a split decision uh I think it was Chuck Jampa who had Chavez ahead I mean that was uh well listen we're not going to get into that we, we already know why Chuck Jampa had had uh um, had uh, um, uh Chavez ahead you know he was probably on on inside the Don King's pocket but let's not talk about that but nonetheless uh, Meldrick would have still won a split decision uh a merited win for Meldrick Taylor. So I, I, I think he fought a terrific fight. I think it was just a, a dramatic, dramatic fight because you have Chavez's record, Chavez's O. It's been a thing of legends people talked about. Um, he also did not give Meldrick a rematch until four years later when Meldrick was more shot, you know? This is also another reason why sometimes I think guys who are young and winning titles shouldn't be rushed into title fights or into big fights because the earlier you arrive, sometimes the earlier you fade out, you know? We saw this also with Fernando Vargas, I felt, as well. He started fighting top guys at a younger age. Meldrick also won a gold medal at 17 years old, was a world champion at a very young age, and honestly, when he fought Chavez, he was the younger fighter. It was a unification, WBC-IBF unification. Meldrick had already beaten guys like Buddy McGirt. Uh, he, he fought Howard Davis, and uh, another gold medalist in his 12th pro fight and fought a draw. I mean, Meldrick was matched tough very, very early, and, he, and the 84 team in general, were just spe- uh, 84 U.S. Olympic team, were just very, very special talents. Um, so going into the fight, you had all this drama. You had all this buildup. I think it was in the Las Vegas Hilton when they, where they fought, and Chavez obviously was the fan favorite. And all of a sudden, during the fight, I mean, if you guys haven't seen it, I mean, some of you obviously have seen it, but some of you younger fans may not have seen it. You've got this terrific, terrific, and it wasn't like a boxing exhibition where Ch- Taylor was winning it and making it boring. Taylor was lighting Chavez up with some terrific combinations because Taylor, in his Philadelphia mindset, wasn't just going to fight smart. Had Taylor fought smart, I think Taylor always had the ability to fight smart, but he just never did it, man. That's why Pernell Whitaker winds up having the Hall of Fame career, and Meldrick Taylor comes up just short until now. You know, it's because Pernell knew how to kind of pace himself. His, and the reason I mention Pernell is not because he's a random name, but because he was his 1984 Olympic teammate. Pernell uh, knew how to kind of pace the fight, fight it more intelligently. Sometimes, uh, in some people's eyes, it was boring. For me, I can appreciate that kind of fight. But Meldrick has never had that in, in him. I think he had the ability, the physical ability in him, but he always had to make a fight out of it. He always had to use his speed in an aggressive manner. Listen, when you have speed, you can use your speed in both an aggressive manner and also in a defensive manner. But Meldrick knew one gear to his speed. He was always going 100 miles an hour, and he was always trying to light you up with that speed. He wasn't trying to be conservative with it. He wasn't trying to pick his spots. He was just lighting you up. And 
let me tell you, in this, he was lighting guys up at that point in his career, and he was lighting up Chavez for about nine or ten rounds. But Chavez, in between those light-up combinations, is landing the occasional shot here and there and here and there. And suddenly, Meldrick's face is starting to look the worst for wear, despite him easily winning these rounds because he's spending too much time in the pocket throwing these blazing combinations and in what Chavez you're just not you're not Chavez is such a good fighter that you're not just going to spend time in the pocket pummeling him and he's not going to let you make sure you come out of that pocket with unscathed he's going to dig in some body shots he's going to dig in some headshots and here and there you know he was getting the worst of the of the exchanges but sure enough his was do his were doing damage closing his fist tight we're putting more weight on the shots and slowly but surely um Meldrick starts to uh, uh, fall apart. In the 12th round, uh, I really disagree with the uh, the instructions Georgie Benton and Lou Duva gave Meldrick. I really don't know what the hell they were telling him. But it ended up for me, it ended up making Meldrick uh, fight the wrong kind of fight in the 12th round. You've got to recognize in the corner that your fighter is fading. You've got to recognize in the corner that he just fought the fight of his life. And he's in the fight of his life. This is the biggest fight of his career. And even after it, if he, he may win more fights after it, but he's got to win this fight. This is the fight that's going to make him a superstar. Chavez was undefeated. The O had to go there. Both of them had an O. Somebody's always going to go. But Chavez had already this legendary uh, status among Mexican fans and among boxing fans in general. And Meldrick was putting on a clinic, a, an incredible performance. And it wasn't boring. It was exciting the way he did it because he was lighting him up with speed which is why it's my favorite fight because you have the drama you have this uh insane mindset where you're like oh my goodness you're always gonna go and look at the way Meldrick is doing it he's not hitting and grabbing well listen I mean I admit even I did some of that right that little tactical boxing you're touching smothering holding and getting back on the outside touching getting smothering Meldrick can do that bro Meldrick was Meldrick was going 100 miles an hour all the time what a fighter. One of my favorite fighters uh, growing up uh, and look, looking back on him. I always look back on him fondly, but he deserved that win. Um, and I really, you can blame uh, the corner for the wrong instructions, but ultimately, even with those wrong instructions in between 11 and 12, Richard Steele has to do his job. And his job is turn around, tell Chavez, yo, what are you doing? Stop the count. Go to the turnaround, because he turns around. If you look at the count, he turns around and looks at Chavez. If he never turns around and looks at Chavez and continues to count, you have an excuse to say, hey, well, Richard was, you know, he was caught up in the moment. He didn't turn around. He'd still be wrong, but at least he never saw it, you know? You have that excuse that he didn't turn around. But this guy turned around, looks at Julio Cesar Chavez standing in his own corner and turns back around, finishes the count, and asks Meldrick if he's okay before stopping the fight. Meldrick was distracted. Uh, he was looking at Lou Duba yelling from the corner. I think Lou Duba was trying to distract Richard Steele. He ended up distracting Meldrick, who was a little bit dazed, obviously. Instead, Richard Steele is supposed to, when he turns around, tell Chavez, yo, what are you doing? Go to the neutral corner. Then he's supposed to eyeball him to make sure he does go to the neutral corner before resuming the count and then asking Meldrick if he's okay. If he does that, the fight ends. The fight ends if he does that. Okay, that's why this fight is indisputable for me. There's no debate for me. A lot of people say, oh, he did the right thing. He saved his life. Listen, if Meldrick takes another punch, maybe he is in grave danger. Maybe that one extra punch in boxing, you're always one punch away from getting massive damage. But if that situation is handled right, Meldrick doesn't take another punch. And still the fight ends. That's why all these combination of these things, the heartbreak, the emotional roller coaster, the terrific fight, all of it. Yes, some of these other fights had that, but this fight... Uh, what, 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 it, it, maybe it was because it was my first uh, uh, super exciting fight uh, that I watched in my life. I, I you know, I, at that point I was young. I was, I liked Mike Tyson, who was just knocking everybody out. Mike Tyson had just lost, I believe, a month earlier. But you know, it was, he wasn't exactly 
in, in 50-50 fights like this. He was knocking everybody out at that point, you know? Uh, this was a dramatic, dramatic crescendo, dramatic ending, dramatic fight uh, where it was just up in the air. Even despite Meldrick was dominating, the fact Meldrick was dominating, you could see him sort of fading as uh, in the late part of the fight, and you were wondering if he was going to make it. Uh, my favorite fight of all time, uh, I still think... Uh, the, the rematch should have been forced onto Chavez right away. Instead, he waited four years when Meldrick was, you know, basically faded and done. And uh, Meldrick performed decently in the rematch, but got knocked out in, eighth round, in eight rounds. It was uh, a, a, a post-prime Meldrick Taylor. Meldrick was essentially shot before he was 30 years old. Um, and, uh, and that was it. You know, you never got the instant rematch. I think maybe even if you get the immediate rematch, maybe Chavez wins it outright. I, I think that fight took something out of Meldrick Taylor that he never got back. Uh, but Meldrick Taylor in his prime uh, in the Philadelphia mentality, the Philadelphia heart, uh, was a, one of my favorite fighters. And that fight is the all, my all-time favorite fight for all the reasons above. Despite the fact that the guy I was rooting for didn't get the win. And despite the fact that the guy I was rooting for deserved an immediate rematch, nonetheless. Uh, he deserved both. He didn't get any. Life is unfair. Boxing is unfair. And uh, we've had some terrific fights in boxing, but that is my... Most exciting favorite fight that I've ever seen. Mel uh, Hugh Easter Chavez versus Meldrick Taylor won. Mm -hmm.